What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, Lori, and Mike, and we are talking about season three, episode two of The Boys. <laughs> and I say that because we got into a very spirited discussion before we started <laughs> recording about the Hero Gasm episode. And I cannot wait till we talk about that episode because the episode was so hilarious but anyway Mm. we're gonna pull it back we're gonna pull it back we gotta we gotta focus we're talking about episode two of the boys (sighs) this episode is like i mean the whole the big thing in the episode is when butcher got the temp v and is like this is what had see this is like as soon as he took it i was like no like this is bad this is really bad. Right. Only, no only bad things. Only bad things can come from a little bottle. Me- <laughs> um, yeah, this is a lot. Like, holy fuck! Like he was. I mean, oh, he was. I, I it mean, was bad. Just, yeah, it was, you can tell. You, you can tell that it's not going to get better. Like, I mean, because you, it, it's just like someone said. I forget what. I'm I'm surprised I can't remember what movie it is. It's like, but it says like super people who get superpowers, it only amplifies who you are. What's that from? Captain so America. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the super super Dr. soldier Earth's only it, it enhances who you are, who you actually are. It doesn't mm-hmm. change anything. And this is gonna be a pro- I, I look at it like this is gonna be a perfect example of that shit. It's gonna be a problem. Butcher and I mean we I think we touched on this at the in the first episode. Butcher with soup powers, it's gonna be a bad thing because one, I can understand the appeal of wanting to level the playing field. Okay, especially when you're talking about going against somebody like Homelander that you've been trying to take down for years and you've never gotten close. I can understand kind of wanting to, you know even up the odds a little bit. But it is not going to work the way he wants it to. One, you are a person who have been against soups for so long and talked about them and hunting them down. And now you have the same powers as them. That's kind of a little, that's a little hypocritical. Well, there's so many cliches. Like if you stare into the abyss long enough, the abyss stares back. Yeah. And then like you the the longer you the the thing that you hate you become. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all those things are starting to apply to Butcher. Yeah. 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 And it and in the comic book it gets way, way deeper. But my thing is is that wouldn't you question, first of all, if Maeve, Maeve, who is not what she used to be is able to get this drug for you, wouldn't you question a little bit more about the ease of her being able to get this experimental drug to you? Don't you think that whoever's in charge is maybe letting her give this drug to to give to him, knowing that there might be some really bad side effects later on down the road? I mean, or that's just me. I I don't know. I think Maeve is one of the seven. And if she goes there and she's like, I want some of these, they're going to give them to her. No questions asked. And I don't even think she would have to ask for it. It's like Maeve's position in the seven for the longest time was she was next in line after Mm -hmm. Homelander. So I think she has a level of privilege and a level of access that maybe the other soups don't have, or maybe even some of the executive levels 
may not have it. So she probably can kind of slip in, grab something and slip back out with no issues. You know, at least that's okay. that's what I'm yeah, thinking. Who, who's going to stop her? Like if you're in the lab and she right. walks in and grabs a handful of them and walks out, who's going to stop her? Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll get I'll give you that. Yeah. And plus and plus she's like ever since the the girls get a done moment and her bribing her like blackmailing homelander she's different like she's a way different person than she was before it's like well, since she lost her 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 wife or whatever she, that yeah. too that too she's not the yeah. same but yeah I, th- I think too being able to have that dangling in front of homelander like and you know he tried to say last season like okay well you if you expose this you'll expose yourself too and she's just like i don't care i'll go down as long as I take you with me. And I think having that freedom of not having anything that's threatening to you in that sense, you know, because for a long time she kept quiet because she's implicated in that video. But even when you, even when we watched the video, it was obvious that she wanted to try to help these people and Homelander prevented her from doing that. So being able to say, you know what, if this comes out, I don't care, I'm free. You know, what is it they say? The truth will set you free. She She's like, okay, you know what? Yeah. How about I put this information out and then we just all fall. We just all suffer. And of course, Homelander doesn't want that. Homelander needs this gig. And I think he needs what, what it allows for him. You know, like she's willing to give all of that up. He's not because this is all he's known. I mean, he's literally a test tube baby that was raised by Vault for the sole purpose of being one of the superheroes. Yeah, and she's in a nothing, nothing to lose situation. Nothing. Yeah. So and then and then we see later in this episode, we see what ha- we see what happens when Homelander feels like he has nothing left to lose. And it's like like I mean, this that's that is on him with a with a with a mindset that he has nothing left to lose. Is all basically on par with Butcher having superpowers. It's like because that pretty much him not giving a fuck releases a lot of him holding back on certain things. Mm-hmm. So it's like he actually becomes, I mean, not not literally more powerful, but figuratively, he's freer, freer to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. So it's like he's he's way more dangerous now. He, he I mean, if he doesn't give a fuck about being blackmailed he doesn't give a fuck about whatever people say about him if he just doesn't give a fuck fuck that's dangerous like you, you can't do anything to him if he feels like he has nothing left to lose then you have a reckless soup on your hand like just mad just mad reckless like doesn't give a fuck and can run rampant do whatever the fuck he wants to and he's the most powerful soup out there what are you gonna do throw people off luckily luckily for these these people he has um he's been raised and conditioned to want to the public to love him mm-hmm. and as long as he has that need and that that desire that's been instilled in him to right. w- want the accolades and the love and the the devotion of the public he's fine mm-hmm. um when he doesn't care for that that's when he's going to be a problem. Yeah. You think he's a problem now. 
when he realizes that he doesn't need to be loved, mm-hmm. he doesn't need to be cherished, he doesn't need to be worshipped, that's when he's going to become an issue. Yeah. I mean, we, we also see that not just with, you know, that's not his attitude just with the, the public, but, you know, we see an exchange here with Stormfront. And, you know, we talked about what happened in the last episode, and it's basically like, Stormfront is still in this mindset where she wants him to be like this perfect being so they can create more of him. And in his mindset, he's like, we don't need to create an army of me. I'm 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 the perfect soldier. I'm I'm the perfect me. I don't need, you know, copies. And I think it's one of those things where he realizes she was probably more in love with him because of the potential of what he could be for Vaught as opposed to loving him as a person. And you see him kind of react to that in this episode because, you know, he goes to visit her again and he's like, hey, guess what today is? And apparently it's his birthday. And, you know, he's like, you know, blank if you, you know, if you're, if you want to wish me a happy birthday or something like that. And she's just, she's wheezing and it's almost like she's kind of sort of catatonic. And he's just, you know, he gets upset. He was like, oh, okay, we don't, you know, I'll come by later or something like that. And the look on his face, like he doesn't even wait until he turns away from her. I guess because he figures she's probably not going to see it anyway. But it's one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, well, she's not feeding what I need from her. So I don't give a fuck about her. And that's basically the way his, his face looked when he turned around. And of course we see her starts to blink after he leaves and that one little tear comes down her eye but I guess at this point she was just like okay you know what I can't get what I want from him and apparently he doesn't want me unless I'm giving him what he wants so yeah why am I sitting in this bed all burnt to a crisp you know arrested uh pariahed and everything she's like okay you know what I'm done with this and she kills herself on his quote-unquote birthday which we also find out is not actually his birthday but she you know he's in the middle of this um this rescue attempt you know there's a person who is trying to jump off a building or so that's the I don't know that that's supposed to be the little I guess running gimmick like he's always supposed to be saving someone and this girl is on top of the building wanting to jump he just gets up there and he's like yeah, go ahead and jump. Why Why should I care? Blah, blah, blah. And then the news comes across that Stormfront has died by suicide. She bit her tongue off in her hospital bed and bled to death. And he's just like, why would she do this to me on my birthday? And I'm like, dude, the woman that you supposedly was in love with just killed herself. And that's the reaction you have. So yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. this is kind of the point where it starts that little not that he hasn't already been on a downward spiral, but I think that's when the spiral starts going a little bit faster and he is like tumbling down that hill. So yeah, I, th- I think eventually, like you said, when it gets to a point where he's like, you know what? I don't need, I don't care if the public loves me or not. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a huge problem because then ain't nobody going to be able to tell him shit. And I'm just like, when that happens, I mean, can you imagine Homelander is the most powerful soup in this world? You know, 
what military is going to stop him? What super, what other superpower being is going to stop him? Whatever this weapon is that they claim, you know, killed Soldier Boy and might be able to kill him. But right now, that's even a myth. We'll have an invincible situation. You, all the other soups can't even team up and stop him. Man, that'll be a. Uh... <laughs> That would be an ugly thing. Can you imagine? Because yeah, even even with the seven, I think Starlight, as far as I can tell, she's the one that's exhibited the most power out of the rest of them. Because I mean, yeah, Queen Maeve is strong, but you know, we talked about her for second season. You know, she was not my favorite character in season two because I felt like one, they didn't use her character enough. And two, it was kind of hard to connect with her character because it's like you're part of the seven, but why? That's how I felt. Like you, we really didn't get exposed to any of her powers. We didn't get to see her do anything that made her worthy of being in the seven. You know, the yeah, deep- we, we did, but but I think for the most part, like it, it tracks with the comic book. She's number two, mm-hmm. like in power wise, yeah, right now, because um, she's basically Wonder Woman, yeah um so we really haven't seen all of her power set but i think that's sort of like when we got to her in this story she's sort of kind of disgruntled and disillusioned with the whole situation so Mm -hmm. she's really not doing anything any more than she has to right you know yeah and it's like the seven is just like slowly disintegrating now it's like even if even if they bring in like supersonic, and it's like, gotta talk about supersonic. <laughs> we got. I just he. I mean, come on. It's like you, he's like like a one man ninety eight degrees out there, like doing doing his little knee slides and his little. <laughs> that song that they had it's him practicing for Homelander's birthday party. What was it? You can drive me or something. Drive I was sitting there yeah. watching it just like this, like, ew. And I mean, he even says it. He's, he was like, that song was cringeworthy when I was 18. If I sing that now, they're going to make me stay a thousand feet away from school. It's like... <laughs> it was a reason. very, very bad, in-seek, bad, uh, backstreet boys, new kids on the block type song. I've never heard any of those groups sing anything remotely close to that horrible. I don't, right? I mean, literally the lyrics are like, you know, uh, you got your license to drive, baby. You can drive me. I'm like... It's, it's almost a like a boy band R. Kelly. Oh, God! That's a good one! I like that! I like that! <laughs> but I'm, I mean, I'm so terrified right now. Literally... Uh. I'm so horrified right now. Put that. <laughs> to drive me no, I'm crazy. not cutting that. I'm gonna let everybody hear you make that joke. I'm not, I'm not cutting that at all. <laughs> but okay, so now that you're let's you let, got your license to drive me crazy. Now that we're now that you're 16. <laughs> File. You don't have to just stop right there. Just stop right there. And the fact that and and he knows he was like when I was eighteen that was creepy. Now it's like, but 
But when you're one of those boy band idols and that was the kind of thing you were singing in your heyday and that's what made you popular. I mean, we all know we go, to, you know, when you go to concerts, yeah, people have their new stuff, but you want to hear the old stuff. You want to hear the band? stuff that made them popular back when you liked them, regardless of whether it sounds appropriate for them to be singing as, you know, whatever. I mean, like, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure fans want to hear stuff like, Candy Girl and Popcorn Love from New Edition, but it oh, sounds no, weird. No, 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 no. I, 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 I don't want to hear Bobby Brown. No, no. Hear Bobby Brown singing Popcorn Love. Like, nah, that's okay. just. No, 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 no. no. Uh-uh. I want to no, set you man. up by Color Me Bad. That was a bad song. Okay. And that thing was a hit. I want to set you up. That was a horrible song. Yeah, I'm kicking but, you. But they don't, they don't uh, qualify as a boy. Me, they don't no, qualify as a boy. Because they were grown men. Oh, was it? They were grown ass men. So, no. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> they were grown ass men. They were over 25. Okay, I'm sorry. But they had women in their videos and they weren't singing to young younger or teenage girls. They were preteens from Boston that were singing. Leave my new kids alone. Don't talk about my new kids. Don't I think, I think he was talking about new edition, maybe. Talk about new edition. Oh, new edition you can talk about all day long. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, it's like have them singing you got the right stuff. It's like uh. <laughs> all I can think it is you. But if, but I mean, even if you think about that, if you listen, if you think about the lyrics, there's nothing like there's nothing in those lyrics that are okay when you're 18 and make you cringe when you're 30. It might be like, like yeah, it's a little immature, but it's right, nothing that's right. like, ew, I don't want to hear him singing that because it, like, okay, love this song when I was young. I can't listen to it now. Um, Shh by Tevin Campbell. Oh, yeah. Because the fact that he was 17 years old singing that song mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then to think about, like, it, it's just, like, if I go to a concert and see Tevin Campbell right now as a 30, 40 something year old man, I don't want to hear him saying, you know, and talk about, you know, doing homework and stuff like that. It's just before, right. before we go down this rabbit hole too far, I heard a song today that kind of made me cringe. Uh, Chris Brown ran it because he has a line in there about I'll be doing things that make you can't believe I'm 16. Well, yeah, I mean, he was was singing to an older woman then. Who you you see him to? Yeah. And you you see where that led. Yeah. Well, well, because I was going to say, he was 16. Like, even then, if he was dating an 18-year-old, people would look at it like, which, again, general generational thing, because to me, a a, a two-year age difference is not that big, but if you're 15 and 17, it makes Mm -hmm. a bigger difference than if you're 18 and 20 or that sort of thing, or if you're 14 and 16, it's just... 14 and 16, yeah. That's 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 two different schools. Like, 14 and 16 is like yeah. Middle school and high school. Do you remember like, not necessarily all the because the if grown. you're in if you're if you're in ninth grade, you're going to school with that with that same eleventh grader. So that's why I say it's it's, it's one of those weird things. But that's a whole well, other conversation. It's, it's, clo- it's closer to that. Was, I mean, it's closer to you believing that that person is act that little that whoever it is is actually fourteen, just turned fourteen. That means they're in eighth grade. So it's like then someone who's seventeen, they could be a, they could be a junior. All I know is that's not who Chris Brown. He was not singing to no seniors in high school. I know that much. <laughs> is your man? Did you, did you see the concerts? He was not singing to no 
18 year olds. Yeah. Okay. So let's stop talking about age appropriate. <laughs> let's talk. Let, let, since we can stay on this subject, though, let's talk about this bad music in this episode. Because oh, Crimson Countess and that damn song about the chimps. Oh, God. And, yeah, and, I, and I the Soldier um, Boy song. I was like, you know, we talked about in the last episode, I was talking about how cringeworthy these shows within a show you know is or the music within the you know it's like they're supposed to be performing these things or like the news the Vaught News Network and stuff it's kind of like it's supposed to be a parody so it's supposed to be cringeworthy but listening to these songs is and 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 how serious she was singing about this stuff I had to pause my tv I was like I can't I can't do it I can't I can't and then when, when Kimiko was like, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Oh, would you like to hear my new music? And then she starts singing about the chimps and saving the chimps. And it was just, who comes up with this shit? <laughs> just, I don't know. Some of this stuff is just so... Uh, I... So, I, so I don't they're, know. They're, oh, and that's also cringeworthy. The damn theme park. The theme yeah. park was. So oh my god, All that the, was beyond creepy. Oh my god, the what was since, it? The, since we're talking about the Crimson Countess, so Frenchie and and the girl, right? That's what she are, calls herself. Kimiko. Yeah, the girl Kim, Kimiko, Kimiko. Are, are trying to find. They're trying to find clues to Soldier Boy, right? Mm-hmm. So they go to talk to the Crimson Countess, and she's at this carnival. And it looks freaking ridiculous. It does. That's what I'm saying. The theme park was so weird. It was Vaultland. Yeah. And you know, they've all all of the um all of the decorations and the little mascots walking around and, and the the very cringeworthy um phrases and and names for the things like brave maves something and you know it has all of the the pride stuff and then you've got the um i forgot what it was called but i figure mike probably took the notes the the thing about the black lives matter like it's very specifically things that are supposed to make you cringe and i was i think it's a i think it's commentary on (laughs) <laughs> the targeted marketing right but, that corporations okay do. guys guys <laughs> it was guys, just... you guys you're missing the obvious joke this was great value six flags <laughs> i don't even know if i don't even know if i would insult great value like that oh <laughs> uh, this is this is this is like this is like alt-right six flags oh, like, <laughs> i mean all this stuff was like with like soldier boy giving a becoming McCarthy and they were like taking McCarthy's place saying that he has a list of avowed communists. I'm like, excuse me? I tell you all the stuff and, and the, the the even funnier thing about it is if you pay attention, especially like on Twitter to the social media promotion, the boy, let me tell you, the boys has one of the best social media yeah, yeah. promotion right. yep. presence yep. ever because yeah. you have a vault international twitter feed and they they play like all of the news clips and all of the stories of the day and everything that they, they they promote this show very well 
and it's just so weird because like I said when you see it you have all of this this stuff this politically correct stuff that you know is supposed to show oh yes we do support and we are inclusive and it's like the most offensive shit that you can see and it's just like who sits here and thinks like how can I make this show even more offensive and even more wild than the last episode because I swear it gets worse and worse in as the season goes on and I mean that worse and worse in a good way because it is very entertaining and again it is a a parody of you know satire on the political climate that we are living in now but it's just it's so cringeworthy to watch it like there are times when I'm watching the show and I see certain things and I'm just like like I it's almost like fingernails going down a chalkboard and you know how you get that little that little shiver in your spine when you hear it that's how I feel watching this show sometimes like oh did they really have to put that in there like oh but then I go and read the the comments on Twitter and I'm like oh I'm glad they put that in there (laughs) because people are offended like oh my god I can't believe they're being so political in this show I'm not gonna watch I'm like have you watched this show from the beginning yeah we we talked about that the first season I mean it is clearly obvious they don't care about your feelings right wing they really don't (laughs) yeah first time huh yeah welcome yeah welcome to the show welcome to the show right but I'm sure they saw they saw um I think was it Winter Soldier where Steve Rogers saw the the display about him mm-hmm. and they had the video of soldier boy i was like it's like, like the same shit <laughs> i think that's on and i think that's on purpose but yeah. um oh the other cringeworthy stuff okay i forgot to mention the the thing that started off the whole show at the very beginning the promo for not without my dolphin and they had billy oh fucking God. zane come in as the doggone pastor, <laughs> I mean, as the uh, leader of the the doggone church, and I kept looking at him like I know his face. Why do I know his face? I'm not used to seeing him with no hair, so I had to look at. I had to watch it like three times, and I was like, "Wait, did they really get him to come in and play this part for this faux promo?" And you give me no choice but to run i was like oh my god it's just so purposefully bad and yet it's so funny but you know not without love it's like you know one word pandemic need check okay that was three words no i mean mean, it's it's interesting because i'm not wrong I'm no, not but wrong. I mean, some of some of these stars come on here and do these cameos just because they want to be in it because they love the show so much. I'm not sure if that's what Billy Zane did or not, but it's just one of those things where it's kind of like it's a me- it's a memorable three minutes, right? right. And so, uh, and there's another actor that blew my mind that I didn't even realize that he was on the show that shows up later. But in this episode, the black guy who is A Train's uh, agent. Remember, he was in. Well, he was. He's yeah, been. Uh, yeah, he was in. Um, help me. Um, he. Oh God, he was in Preacher. I remember he was in. Oh, yeah, he's a preacher. And then okay, he, so he was the Archangel Michael in Supernatural. Right, and he was also on that one show, the Ti- Timeless uh, show. 
So I actually, when I see him, I like him. He's a good actor, but yeah, people will pop up just out of nowhere. But as far as Billy Zane, Billy Zane showed up bald on Psych for a few episodes. He has his career now where he pops up every once in a while, like every two or three years on a show, does an, uh, an appearance, maybe a half an episode and then disappears, gets his coins and goes back home. That's Billy Zane. But it's one of those things where it's like, he comes in and he does like a scene or two and you remember it for the next five years. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's what he does. That's his, that's his, that's his uh, lane right now because look, Billy Zane, I know Phantom didn't do well. And that was the big movie. But the thing is, is that he should have had a bigger career than he had because he is an amazing actor, mm-hmm. but because of life circumstances, whatever Val Kilmer got the glory and he didn't. I don't know how those two things are related. Well, at one time, the two of them were running neck and neck for roles. Back yeah, I was going to say because they were they were kind of in that same. Right, right. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Back in the late 80s, okay. early 90s. I would, yeah. I would just say Tom, Tom Cruise just kind of kicked them all out. Well, I so, mean, yeah, but. Yeah. I don't like Tom Cruise, but I appreciate and respect Tom Cruise. But, but then again, Cocktail is one of my favorite movies yeah i know okay. i'm weird no it's, it's yeah. not weird cocktail was a fun movie but um I love cocktail cocktails and dreams <laughs> okay i have to stick on the whole cringeworthy train because there was so much of it in this episode first of all now we have two ashley's as if one wasn't annoying enough you have the one that's the parrot next to her but then you have a train wanting to rebrand himself as a woke black superhero and i just watched this whole scene let me tell you i have no love for a train none at all and just having to sit here and watch him go through this scene and do this pitch and talk about a train to africa and the middle passage i was just like Mm -hmm. Like, is that is that a video game about slave the slave trade? This <laughs> is like it's some powerful stuff, yeah. dude. Like no, no. I, I like what the guy said. You you can't you can't all of a sudden want to do this when you've never done it before. Like at all, this has never been you, and now you want to do it. Right, <laughs> it's not gonna work. And Ashley is just looking at him like, um, why? Like, oh, we're, like we're, I wish you were here. Like, yeah, we're gonna do this. Yeah, we're gonna do this with that fake smile. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, I don't know. I mean, like you said, the seven is is falling apart, and it's or it's just weird. It's I don't know. it's in disarray right now. Right. You know, so, and where's Black Noir? He out there chilling somewhere, avoiding almonds, just chilling, like you know, just staying out of the fray. I'm gonna tell y'all now. I'm not gonna. Spoil or, he, or he might still, he might still be recovering from his um, <laughs> <laughs> his bout with the almonds. Well, I don't think so because <laughs> even in 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 the um the the promo spot that Homelander does at the beginning of the episode talking about his birthday extravaganza he talks about the fact that his 
extra special friend Black Noir is going to make an appearance. So, and again, this is like a whole year after all of that other stuff happened. So I think he's okay, but it's it's just one of those things, those things where it's like everybody is falling apart in their own ways. Like they're trying to keep their head above water. Like Homelander clearly has gone bananas or is going that way. And he's getting to the point where he just doesn't give a fuck who is witnessing this going well you know you know like i said it's it's been a a a slow decline compared to what i think i don't think we've seen the full crazy of his crazy yet i think he's just showing us like little flashes yeah so that's why i say he's kind of going that way because i think once he gets to the point where he starts sprinting down that hill Mm. It's gonna look totally different, and we're gonna be looking at the screens like, "What the fuck are we watching?" Mm. I just have a feeling it's gonna be like that. But is it gonna be Crazy Town, Epic Crazy? Because Crazy Town was pretty good. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna redefine that term, (laughs) at least for the confines of our show. At least like how we discuss Crazy Town in that sense. But um. Yeah, and I mean, Atrian, Atrian is just having like a crisis of of identity. identity. Can we talk about the costume? All that. Can we talk about the Junius uh, costume? Instead of A train, he's the he's a, instead of A train, he's the Kente train. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I costume. saw the costume, and I I I was like the hell because you know they did the whole presentation and the whole you know dysphoria whatever thing and then the next thing i know he shows up and he's wearing this you're right it's kunta kinta it's it's horrible it is you know i'm saying it they need to take his card away and they're all looking at him like what the fuck are you wearing like i, I don't think he ever had a card <laughs> <laughs> he probably had one he probably had one before he became a soup but once he got in the seven, it was gone. It was gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Um, whew, okay, we're gonna take we're gonna take a oh. break from the cringe. Oh, oh, do you have something else cringeworthy to talk no, about? No, no. Oh. I thought we, I, I figured you're about to transition away from cringeworthy yeah. and go back to um, um, the Crimson Countess confrontation <laughs> with the boys. Where unfortunately Huey wasn't around, but somebody did go splat everywhere. That's true. Okay, but well, first, can we can we talk about Kamiko's childlike innocence going to the amusement park? I like where how she was just like all like her. like a little kid like wanting to ride the rides and then sitting through sitting through her the like, crimson kind of singing and applauding like oh my god it's her it's her. Like, Can we oh talk about God. Frenchie's outrage about the hamburgers with the donut buns? I'm like, dude, you've never been to Atlanta. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no. The cholesterol He's just like, is there no God? <laughs> Richard Kamika was so excited to be there. She was. I mean, she, she was yeah. It was adorable. It's like, she yeah. was just like, I mean, she's real. They've added a lot in just these two episodes. They've added a lot of depth to her character. Like mm-hmm. she's not just like the person they that comes in and beats people to a pulp. It's like you actually see what's going on in her mind and things that she yearns for and things that she wishes that she would have experienced as a child 
or as a young as a younger person like mm-hmm. she's she's really starting to see the mm-hmm. things that she's missed being have being treated being done the way she, that she was done like yeah. being injected with the v becoming you know becoming like a weapon and things mm-hmm. of that nature it's like she missed she's missed a lot in her life and this right. shows that she actually realizes that she missed it and she kind of and she kind of wants to experience it again like she she's getting to the point where she she wants to become a just a person and not be strong and not not just be known for beating people up she just wants to be kamiko like going to yeah. going to amusement parks riding roller coasters eating eating donut hamburgers and all that like you know that's all she wants to do yeah but i, I and i think that's all she ever wanted to do like having these powers was never something she wanted and being the quote-unquote monster that the shining light made her into that's not what she wanted and i think you know when we first meet her character and she gets around the boys of course you know she still has trust issues at that point and i gotta say it's it's a breath of fresh air seeing the way she was then and the way she was now and you know the majority of that has to do with Frenchie. Frenchie's patience with her, his willingness to learn how to communicate with her and, you know, to give her a voice since she really doesn't have one amongst the group, group, or at least she didn't have one amongst the group. But I, y'all know how I feel about those two. That's like, I love them. And the fact that he just calls her Moncour every time he, he addresses her, I'm like, oh, they're so sweet. But again, it's just like, she just, her smile and the way she looks at things, like you said, Michael, with, with that kind of innocence, it's so refreshing to see for her character. But then when it's time for her to do something, she's going to do what she has to do. But it was, I, I loved seeing it, but I'm like, uh, but even eat, But then you see her face after Crimson Countess blew, blew up the... <laughs> the mascot yeah because and and she saw like all that childlike innocence all that cuteness is gone because this is the reality of the world we live in yeah and also i think it affected her because you know there's these two kids these two siblings at the carnival and they're sitting there playing and and talking and sharing uh cotton candy and you know she's missing kenji at this point but then when that happens with the Crimson Countess and she explodes the, what was it? The Homelander mascot that she actually Homelander. Yeah, yeah. She, Homelander. she was trying to attack them and, and it was in the way. And so she killed the guy who was in it and the blood splatters against the kids. And she looks over there at them because she's like, okay, their innocence is gone now. Like, how do you still stay, you know, innocent with childlike wonder when you just seen somebody killed and and had blood splattered all over you and not only that you know one of the quote-unquote superheroes that you're at that park to see is the one who did the killing uh, it's just i want kimiko to be happy i know it's probably not going to happen in this season but i just want her to be happy let her ride on her roller coaster if that's what she wants but I guess it's not happening in this. Uh... And it's like when she when she was talking to the Crimson Countess, she's like, "Oh, Dominic, can you not talk?" And she's like, Mm-mm. "I was like, oh, yeah. you want to hear my new song?" Mm-hmm. Like, like 
Oh my god! I was like, I know she's like she's like in her late twenties, mid late twenties. Like she literally looked like she was twelve then, like just like. Mm-hmm. It was like I was like, oh, right. But um, let's go to something else that that's a little more interesting and a little more serious. So on the flip side of all this funny stuff and the the cringeworthy stuff and all this. Of course, last episode, we found, you know, Huey found out that Victoria was the hip hopper. And of course, now he's like trying to figure out what her what her thing is like. He and Starlight are trying to figure out what's going on. And, um, you know, he actually traces something. I forgot what it was. It was some papers um, that he traced back to an adoption agency or a foster home that is run by a Vox subsidiary. So he goes to this place to kind of see what's going on here. You know, like he's trying to adopt a superpowered child and, you know, he drops something on the floor and a kid teleports over to him. Do y'all realize that was Madeline Stillwell's child? Yes, 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 yes. That's what I was going to say. That's fucking Stillwell's Because I had to look when, when and, and it's so funny because I was like, you know, they put that in there for the viewers because what teacher, unless a child is like really, really in trouble, what teacher is going to call you Michael? First name, last name. We don't do that in here. You don't do that in front of a stranger. But like she very specifically, Teddy Stillwell, we do not teleport in here. And I was like, well, that explains how yeah. he got out of the yeah. house before it exploded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah saying, saying that saying his last name was very intentional. Mm-hmm. Like they wanted to let you know, like Teddy Stillwell, you know, you know, Stillwell from the girl woman that got killed in the first season of Stillwell, you know, her last name was Stillwell too. Remember, we couldn't find the baby. Well, here you go. Well, the other, th- well, they, you know, yeah, they found the baby that night. They were like, we don't know how he got because I think they found him like a mile away from the house. Yeah. But um, the other thing is, so her baby's a soup. Who that baby daddy? <laughs> I'm just wondering, did she did she go the regular vault way and and have a test tube baby, or is that Homelander's child? Because you know her and Homelander were kicking it. Yeah, I don't think that's on my screen. I, I think she I think she did the V. I think she just injected it with V. I think that's an oh. experimental baby. Mm, okay. Cause I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm, that's a little suspect. But yeah, the fact that they have um I mean if you think about it, in the, in, she she probably kind of knew that Homelander would have issues with her having a child anyway. So you want to try to give their child something to help them out <laughs> having well, to deal with Homelander. Yeah. You know, so Homelander probably baby. wanted to fight that baby for his milk supply. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. He won. Yeah. Tell me he I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. He, lying. he, he won a competition. He's like, that's my titties. Check out. You're not lying. <laughs> Took off of my titties, boy. But yeah, so while Huey is doing this research oh that's what it was we find out that that's where Victoria was placed because apparently she I guess she had popped her parents and she she had popped a couple of other people and they were like oh we need to take charge of this child and so she goes to this foster care system 
And then she's, I don't know if she's adopted or if she's just taken out, but guess who her surrogate daddy is? Stan wow. That's just, Edgar. Oh, that should before, blew my mind. I was like, that, that, make, that makes perfect sense, though. Before you get there, though, how funny is it that he was like, oh, yeah, once he gets made, he's like, yeah, me and Starlight were looking to adopt a baby. Oh, Lord. This Lord, is why Lord, Starlight Lord. told you don't do anything without her. Right. Exactly. Dumbass Huey. <laughs> Dude, you this know, is only going to lead to like all kinds of issues. You know, I'm just going to say this because we, we already know this as um, a character flaw with Huey. Huey does not make the best decisions. And as these episodes go on, I think at this point, there are five episodes in the season out so far. Huey's decision-making skills don't improve. So far, they, get, they, they, they get progressively improved. worse. Yeah, they get progressively yes. Yes. and worse and worse. Like this is why like, Starlight geez. told you not to do anything without her because you need a fucking chaperone. Just yeah. I mean, it's like for it's like we look at look at Edgar and and her together. Like when she sat on the couch next to him, it's like they actually looked like father and daughter. I was like, I buy it. Like for real, and he um, what, and wasn't he like, reading a story to her daughter or something like that. Uh-huh. I was like, a story I did not see that her. connection coming. I was like, damn, but it makes perfect sense though. It's like when you think about it, it's like she's a high riser in one industry, he's at the top of his field in another industry, and it's like they basically are mirror images of each other. Yeah, but they're it, supposed like, to be on opposite sides of. Well, well, well. In the in the comic book, the character she's based on was a was a was a vault plant. Ah, well, it was part of Vault's um uh, move to take over the government. Oh, okay. Well, so she she was a, a vault plant, and, and that character, I I don't think this is a spoiler because the show has done so many different things, right? But but that that because that person wasn't a soup. His name okay. was Vic. He wasn't a soup. Okay. And he was vice president. Then they killed the president and he became president. Ah. So I don't know if this is the direction they're going with this. Yeah. Um, that, that, that would be very. They better not kill Bobby. Damn it. They killed Bobby. We riot. You know, Bobby's days are numbered. Come on now. You know they are. The little don't conversation he had Look. with Edgar, his days are numbered. Can you, let, can you let us enjoy this while we can? Like, just give us this moment. Damn. Because he hasn't picked a running mate yet. And who's the only other most popular politician? Victoria. So. Leave Bobby Singer alone. Thank you. Um, he's that is not a theory. Robert not a theory. Singer in the show. <laughs> Leave Robert theory. Singer alone. It sure sounded like one. That he's going to pick her as his running mate? That sounds like a theory to me. That sounds very theory-ish. theory-ish. I mean, it went... It would make sense because then you have your, you know, especially since we see what kind of relationship she has with Stan now, the whole um, Vought plant thing makes sense. You know, she she's in government. And he would, pick an anti, he would pick an anti-soup person to be his VP because he doesn't like Stan. He doesn't right. like the suits. Right. So she would be perfect. Right. Even though she is a suit. 
but and and a dangerous one at that so yeah i have the most dangerous you know mike he's close to our hearts love jim beaver but yeah i have a feeling he's getting his head popped this season love you jim but yeah damn idiots and here's the other thing too while we're talking about huey not making smart decisions I'm gonna need you to do a better job of trying to cover in front of your boss. Because if she finds out. He is the absolute worst at this. He's really, really bad at it. But like, you know, we gotta remember, Huey was not built for this kind of life. Huey was minding his own business, walking down the sidewalk with his girlfriend and the superhero yeah. life chose him. <laughs> life chose me. Like he didn't choose this life. This life chose him. So we can't well, expect him to be so. right. So we can't expect him to be polished or you know organized or knowledgeable knowledgeable about how to do all of this, like Marvin or like a Frenchie. He's still learning. And of course, the fact that Butcher treats him like shit on the bottom of his shoe half the time is not a very good learning environment. I mean, it's it's not like Vault didn't cut him a check and gave him an apology. I mean, he could have just went back to his life the way it was. Would you have taken that apology? Or take my chances against Homelander? Mm. Well... <laughs> I don't I don't know. Knowing what he knows about Homelander now. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I give you that. I give you that. I give you that. Yeah. Okay, but, so but he's gonna have to he's gonna have to he's gonna have to up his uh alibi game because him doing the he he's not a good liar. He's not a good liar. And Victoria being in her position can probably smell a liar from five miles away. I'm going to need Huey to do better. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, this is a question I have about, I don't know if this is a question, more or less a confirmation. So if I'm understanding the way this is working, so he's working for her and the boys are sort of like one of their law enforcement groups yeah it's kind of like they're they're contracted through them okay so it's not it wouldn't be a surprise to her to find out that he's working closely with them right because she gives him a lot of she gives them a lot of leeway they kind of do butcher pretty much does you know within within parameters like not killing right see that's the thing (laughs) but anything Outside of that, like if Butcher decides to go rogue, like, yeah, you can still fulfill your your quote unquote job duties to this office, especially if they're the ones that are like paying your expenses and giving you the resources to do your job. But then what's to stop you from going and doing something over on the side, which we know is going to eventually come with Butcher anyway. You know, that's going to come because they're going after low-level soups. They're not going after the Homelanders and the A-Trains, even though A-Train at this point, I mean, A-Train really can't do anything as a soup because of his heart problem now. So he can't run because if he does, his heart will give out. So, you know, they're only looking at these little low-level 
soups like the termites and whoever else gunpowder probably <laughs> blue hawk <laughs> blue hawk yeah because i want i want i want to talk about that that bitch ass motherfucker like holy shit. yeah we'll we'll talk Piss about we'll talk about him later um let's see what do we want to talk oh okay so we have to talk about mother's milk in this episode because ml got a lot of stuff going on you know we talked so you know he has the whole thing where him and monique are no longer together she's with todd and janine is like a fan of all the soups which I, i i don't know i just to think about the character of Mother's Milk or of Marvin and what he represents and then to see his family that is like so opposite of him. It's just, it's one of those weird things. But, you know, we get to see him struggle through a lot in this episode because one, it's obvious from the conversation he and Butcher have, he's been away from the team for a year. Like after everything that went down last season, He took some time off to try to get himself together, to try to get his OCD under control. And we see him talking to Monique about that too, because she notices some of his tics that he does. And, you know, he's telling her, look, you know, I've been working on it. I've been taking, you know, I've been trying to get it together. I even up my meds. I'm just, I'm really trying to work and, and, and be better and do better, you know, because he, he realizes that the life he was living especially you know working with butcher that cost him his family so he's trying to fix things but it's almost like it seems like he's kind of sort of losing it a little you know and it's because butcher brings him this information about soldier boy and like i said um there there was something going on with soldier boy and his family you know something having to do with soldier boy killing members of his family and at this point yet yeah, we don't really know what the story is we only know the little bits and pieces that we saw from like the um newspaper article that we talked about in the first episode and then you just see him kind of going into this slow spiral as he's starting to get caught back up in you know investigating these superheroes and i'm just like i don't know if this is going to be a good thing for ml because if the connection to soldier boy is as emotional as they are making it seem he's going to be dangerous too do i think he's dangerous enough to take the temporary v no but Marvin is not a little dude. Marvin is not a weak dude. He got some strength to him. And one thing about his character, he stands up for what he believes in. So he's not going to back down. So once he decides to like dip his foot all the way into this soldier boy thing, whatever it is, you know, trying to find this, uh, whether it's trying to find the weapon that kills soldier boy so that he can, you know, they can eliminate Homelander and maybe he can kind of wean Janine off the, the, the superhero stuff. I don't know, but I, we got Butcher taking the temporary V. We got Marvin kind of dipping his toes back into the investigative waters. This is not about to be a good thing. The, the one thing I want to see, I wonder if they're going to pull from the comics is that his mother had been experimenting on with V. 
and that it might oh. be it may be that he his his size and strength are from from the oh oh he's not ne- he's not, not to the level of okay like a but suit. he does he is a little enhanced probably as a side effect right oh that right. would be interesting I always thought that was something that at some point I I think they they're either they're gonna use it or not, but I think that would be interesting. I don't I don't think they're gonna do it because of the way they have this character now. So right. anti soup. But I mean but but I think that would be an interesting twist. Billy Butcher is anti soup and here he is taking temporary V and um splitting yeah. splitting yep. uh Soldier Boy's old comrades in half with his yep. homelander and, powers. And I don't think it's, <laughs> and I don't think it's a coincidence that he's gotten huge since season Who, Carl two. Urban? The actor. Oh, yeah, uh, not Carl Urban. Laz uh, Alonso. Yeah. Yes. He's but I mean, now. he's even in season two, he was pretty solid, and then. He, but now he's. Like he's I, I can attest to that. He was at Dragon Con last year and I got a picture with him. He is, yeah, he is definitely like, he has a presence about him, you know? And it's like, even, you know, I did the photo ops with him and Tomer Capone and uh, Karen Fukuhara. And even with the plexiglass in between us, you could feel his presence. You know, even just having a conversation with him behind plexiglass he has a presence and it's one of those where it's like okay i'm just gonna sit over here shrink in the corner and yeah so uh so you so you you felt laz's presence through the plexiglass interesting (laughs) you're so stupid (laughs) but not that's what you might we we not not. i'm I'm merely merely repeating what she said but yeah you're right he does he looks he looks jacked he like has especially a like standing next to standing next to Todd, his little scrawny ass. It's like he, he literally towers over his little bitch ass. You and know, that's like I understand why they have Todd in the story, but I really need them to not have him in the story. Just take Todd that. out the equation. It, Mother's yeah. Milk has enough that he's dealing with on his own and with his ex-wife and and just trying to navigate that dynamic. Y'all don't need to add the the token random white boy with the black woman trope into just leave that alone. Bye, Todd. Bye. Yeah. Just, but you know what? I also feel like I don't know, something about Todd's character does not sit well with me. Is it because he's representative of alt-right indoctrination? <laughs> That could be part of it, but I yes. feel, but I also feel like <laughs> he, has, he has an unnatural attract, attraction to superheroes, even though he's a grown ass man. Not that, and not in that sense, I will say, but the fact that you have this this person who is now a part of the family of a person that is a known anti soup person like anybody who's involved with vault and knows about billy butcher and his boys they know who mother's milk is and i just feel like maybe he might be a plant to kind of 
see what's going on or see if he can ascertain what's going on with mother's milk and the I don't know something about Todd's character. But I blame her for that because she she went she went to start dating someone who was like I guess the polar opposite of mother's milk. Like she went from someone who hates the soups to someone who loves the soups. Like thinking that maybe that would be better. I, but see, I don't get and, the, and, and because one no to me to me when you look at the situation that's what see, it looks like. I don't like. know if I like she went. I don't know if I feel like because she's but see, I don't know that. if I feel like that she would have done something that obvious because of the fact that if you know that superheroes are a trigger for your ex-husband, for the father of your child, and you know it causes him to have this type of um behavior, why would you purposefully bring that into his life and, and antagonize him? That's a that's but a I good question. Why see, would you purposely she, she has to know. She does. I mean, she, you, you get she, it from the now. conversations that they have, but the way so, that they... So she, so she but, chose no, 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 to no, do no. this What I'm saying purpose. is, I, I don't think that was... A, I don't think it was a conscious, oh, let me go find the first anti-soup completely opposite. I mean, uh, not anti-soup, but, you know, pro-soup pro person soup. to bring into my life to antagonize him. I don't think that was the... If you look at the the way that they react to it or not even react to each other, the way that Monique and Marvin talk to each other and like when she sits down and she talks to him and she's trying to make sure he's taking his medicine and make sure that he's taking care of himself. Are you not stressing that sort of thing? They still, even though they're not together, there's still a very respectful relationship there. And she still cares about him as a person. It's evident in the way that she talks with him so so why would she go to someone who would obviously i don't think that was a conscious decision that she might have met todd it may it may have been subconscious i I don't even think think it was that like she she may not have been aware i I don't think it was i don't think it was that i really don't think it was that it it seems to me there's such polar opposites though like they're they're way way at different way different ends of the spectrum color wise um, ideal wise and body wise, like every every everything you could pick, you name it, they're way different than each other. Right, so and ha- I understand be- that. But what I'm saying is, I don't think she went out looking for that. If going by what I feel about his character, I feel like maybe that was something somebody that said, "Oh, okay, you know what? We're gonna plant you in this situation. We're gonna put you in there." and kind of push you into that situation to kind of manipulate how things work and to kind of keep track of what Marvin may be doing, maybe see if Butcher and the the boys are still doing stuff, trying to be against Vought, but trying to do it undercover. I don't know. I just feel like, you know. No, I, to, to me, it seems like all the things, it's like, Let's imagine if she had a list of these are the things that I found about Marvin that I liked. And these, and then she went like, okay, these are Marvin's personality traits. These are the things that he has, and this is how he is. So let me find someone who isn't like that. I'm gonna tell you from a woman's perspective. I'm gonna tell you from a woman's perspective. That's not how that's not how we look at at 
potential mates like i'm seeing well this is a tv show though so it's not but we're still but we're still talking about we're still talking about interpersonal relationships and even though okay but well then we're still talking about how she consciously or unconsciously chose the exact opposite of mother's milk she chose to date someone who is so totally unlike him in every way imaginable imaginable and she knows what marvin's triggers are and she's still being very careful and kind and sweet to him and making sure he's okay but look who she's dating Mm -hmm. like look who's living with her now with his child yeah i get that but i don't think i don't think that was a on-purpose thing i i i I will more believe Uh that she did that instead of todd being a plant because you know, Mother's Milk is trying not to do anything so he can see his daughter to try to be normal. Mm-hmm. But it seems as if, because if that were the case, then she should just go back to Marvin because she seems to care for him in the same way, but she doesn't want to be a part of that life. So she chose someone who was never going to be a part of that life. Mm. Someone who's way more stable. Someone who's way more with the mainstream that's who she chose to be with not someone who she actually might like i'm just saying that's what it looks like to me i don't know and i'm just going based on what i know about interpersonal relationships i don't know i've seen people do that before well shit dating this dude didn't this didn't work out for me maybe i should date someone different Mm -hmm. and that's what she did Mm -hmm. and i and i can't i'm not gonna attest to it being conscious i may have been wrong about her doing it consciously but she either did it consciously or unconsciously. She may not have been aware that's what she did. She just chose someone who seemed to be more stable, someone who seemed to be more consistent, but yet it's the same person who is the exact opposite end of the spectrum of the man that you had a child with. Mm. And it wasn't like Marv was being abusive. No. He just had some problems. He was like, I was about to say he's like Kanye. (laughs) This, This got issues. We won't even go into that conversation because I got stuff to say about that. So let yeah, let's let's not do this. Um oh, okay, let's see. Where do we want to go? Oh, we need to talk about this um this uh birthday celebration, like the actual birthday celebration. You know, we talked about A Train showing up in the Kunta Kente um of all costume i i just i his dashiki armor it's it's not and the thing is it's not even it doesn't even look that good it's just okay i see he's got the little it it wasn't apparent it wasn't apparently obvious what he was trying to do you you kind of have to look at it real hard (laughs) you have to look at it real hard yeah but um he's ugly though it, it is ugly and apparently homelander can see his girdle you fat fuck <laughs> i'm telling you homelander and and the insults like even when he met supersonic at the beginning during the rehearsal you know he he goes up to him and he introduces him and he's you know himself and he's like yeah so i hear you may be part of the the seven and he was like oh gosh sir i i, I really hope so and what does he say it doesn't help that your ex used to what this sh- he he made a very derogatory reference about um 
her being the judge what was it 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 doesn't well it can't hurt that your ex used to something come gargle on your uh queso something he he said something that basically was like yeah with uh the implication was yeah well it doesn't hurt that you know your ex-girlfriend is one of the judges or you know one of the judges is someone who used to suck your dick that was basically what he was implying and supersonic is looking at him like he said, he said, it doesn't hurt that the judge used to get cum drunk on your chorizo picante. There you go. And Supersonic is looking at him like, this just took a turn because you're having a normal conversation. And then all of a sudden you get that insult and Starlight is just like, here we go with this bullshit. And it's just like, Homelander is walking around and he's got this fake smile and this fake look like he looks like a a Ken doll like his face is just that plastic and he's got that that weird little smile and the eyes plastered on his face and he's being polite and then turning around and digging the knife in in the same breath and it's, it's like Okay, that's the rehearsal. So then he does it with A Train during the actual show. And I just, you know, when when they brought him out and uh Starlight out, and of course, you know, he altered the lines that she was supposed to say. So she's um, you know, she's saying all this stuff that he wants her to say, but then she also announces, I guess, this uh this project that she's supposed to be doing. You're on Starlight House. Yeah, Starlight, Starlight House. House. And while they're doing this, somebody in the um somebody in the audience says something out loud about Stormfront dying. You know, said something about I'm sorry your Nazi cunt died or something like that. And of course, Starlight is trying to, you know, smooth everything over while security takes him out. But you can see homelander he's just about to lose his shit like he's sitting there he's and you see the little the little jerk of his 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 jaw and he's just sitting there like yeah okay no no i'm not doing this because what was it that uh starlight said she said that he was going to donate to the starlight uh starlight house foundation or whatever he was like no no, no, no. She just lied to you. I don't make mistakes. I'm not like the rest of you. I'm stronger. I'm smarter. I'm better. I am better. And he just starts going off in front of every, like they're on live TV and everybody is in the audience. Stan Eggers in the audience and Ashley is trying to get it cut. And he was like, she's like, stop rolling. And Homelander says, don't you dare stop rolling. And he was like, yeah. So everybody's trying to control me all my life. So yeah, let me let me tell y'all what I'm not about to do. And he just starts going and going and going. And then here's the here's the thing. Todd is sitting there watching, and he's just like, I was like, oh, here we go. And Monique is behind him, and she sees how he's reacting to it. And she just turns, and her whole face is stone. And I was like, yeah, you about to have some problems in your household, boo. But Homelander is like. 
look, I'm tired of pretending for y'all weak people. Yeah, I'm stronger than y'all. Y'all better be glad I'm stronger than y'all. He was like, I'm tired of everybody telling me what to do. Y'all better be glad I am who I am because you need me. You need me to save you. And I mean, he just is going off and everybody's just sitting there like, what the fuck? And Starlight is looking on that stage like, she looks scared. She looks scared. But he is just, like I said, that downward spiral. And now he's starting to run down the hill. Because he just. It was like she realized he was going into, he was descending into, I don't really give a fuck. (laughs) He just went off script and was like, no, 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 no. That was more than off script. He's like, I'm the real hero. Fuck all y'all. Off planet. Yeah. Y'all should be grateful that I want to save you. He pulled a Nolan. That was a Nolan speech. That was a Nolan speech. And everything would say, think, people, think. Uh, I was um, I was thinking of a few good men. He was like, you want me on that exactly. wall. You, you need me on that wall. In sky. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the truth. You can't Who are these heroes? The Who's going to do it? You? You? Yeah. yeah. Homelander is off the leash. <laughs> so, which is interesting because this is like juxtaposed over Butcher going off the off the rails too, with what he did to with the guys. Is it bulletproof gunpowder? I won't gun call powder. it bulletproof gunpowder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wow, you you just completely lost it, dude. Yeah. And then, hold on. Oh, go ahead, Mike. We're talking about how, like, when Butcher first goes to see Gunpowder, like, it's just like, like, at the gun, at the gun show, I was like, they could have filmed that at, like, filmed that here. Like, that, that shit looked, I mean, with, like, the little kid's corner where they're, like, coloring, and they're, like, they're, like, playing with, playing with the pink sniper rifle, and it's, like... All the freaking, all the freaking right wing rhetoric. I was like, oh god, that, that that's Cobb County right there. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, know, I know that rhetoric anywhere. Don't be calling like, out the county, sir. Don't be calling shit. Out. They know, they know who the fuck they are. I ain't calling out nobody that don't know who the fuck, who the fuck they they talking about. What that's is it? Exactly what, what is it? Is. Mike likes uh, Mike likes to say the opinions expressed by Mike are not necessarily. <laughs> that's right. You mean. EMC, we will not be calling out Cobb County, Henry County, Forsyth County. We will not be calling out those counties. I didn't call. I, you know, I didn't call any of those out. I have to no, have saying. We never call any. I have, have very extensive oh, experience in Cobb County. I have, I have, I have years of experience living here, so I know exactly what they talk. Well, about. yeah, okay, you, you, you got a point. You got a point. The- but yeah, it's like the whole thing where he was, where, where Butcher approached him in the bathroom. I'm like. Really, I mean, I understand why he did it, but then it's just like I, I think that's like most people who are like part of the public eye, like that's their worst nightmare. It's like, why are you coming at me when I'm like, when I'm holding, I'm holding my dick and I'm trying to pee. And like, didn't he, going. didn't he show up like to the stall right next to him? Yes, he, haven't we he, talked he, about he that violated before? protocol. Yes, he violated protocol by by not not leaving a buffer a buffer urinal. But I, but I don't think. But of course he didn't care. But then I mean, props to gunpowder. Like the first time, 
he actually showed off some showed off some decent like bullet ricocheting skills. I was I was actually kind of impressed, mm-hmm. even though even though he was like toying with him. I don't even know if Butcher was trying to kill him. I I think he just got upset. Yeah, even though we find out later that you shouldn't this we find out later why you shouldn't play with your food because Butcher came back and like fucked his shit up. Man, let me tell you. Butcher was a beast and I was like, do we really like do we really need Butcher on V? Because if he no. If he's like that, mm-mm, mm-mm. I was, is, is this the episode where he said whatever it takes? Like we have to do whatever it takes. I think that was the next episode, but I mean, okay. I think we can we can kind of see that he's kind of at that point. He's like, oh yeah, you yeah. know what? I think it shocked him though when he when when the Homelander eyes came out. I think that he wasn't prepared for, you know. But but like. They don't get to choose their powers on this temporary V. So if somebody right. else takes it, they may get maybe a you know super speed like A train, or they may be may, they may get uh, Starlight's powers, which she also <laughs> has the laser eyes. But it's just like, talk to fish, <laughs> or, or they might get they might get Liv Sauce's powers. <laughs> I mean, you you just won't be able to tell. Like it could be anything. So, question: Did you did you recognize who was playing Gunpowder? Yeah, my yeah, my dude, my dude from um, Boondock Saints. Yep, Sean Patrick Clay. Sean Patrick from Minery. At the time, we had to look it up because we were like, "Is that such and such?" Yeah, I kept sure looking is. at him like, "I know who that is." It's, it's so it's so funny yeah. because when you see, like, I'm used to seeing him kind of clean shaven, so seeing him with all right. the mm-hmm. scruff and and with the mask, I was like, "I know that face. Who is that? Yeah, his, I know his, his face." His, his fake ass Magneto helmet threw me off a little bit. Once he took it off, I was like, okay, yeah. That shit didn't help him at all. At all. Nope. Can you imagine it? And and this is just so I guess, you know, this I think this kill kind of broke Butcher's supernatural killing fast, right? This is the first yep. suit that he's killed in a year. Yeah, that shit, was, that shit was brutal. I mean, he was. I mean, he just like let all the all the suits he didn't kill before. He just let all that shit out on him. And then next thing you know, he's la- he lasers his head, lasers his head in half. Even and the, after and the he back gave of that him... beautiful, and the back oh. of that beautiful Challenger. I don't know what the Challenger did to him. I mean, damn, yeah. he could have saved the car. Like, why the way? Well, the Challenger and everything behind it <laughs> got yeah. wrecked. And everything, all every everything within the radius that he looked around, we got. Got got lasered in half. Yeah, like, then he, he found out that um that Mallory has some information that might be pertinent to the situation. And this just getting deeper and deeper, man. I see that now. I can't wait for the next one because you know he's going straight to the house. And it's gonna be like, all right, talk. And I was like, maybe this is the point where we actually get. Soldier Boy like background. We find we'll find we'll finally get background on Soldier Boy. And I mean, see we need what's to. Up with him. Yeah, yeah. We need to figure out what's what's going on. Like, why is he? I mean, and I know that he's supposed to be like the the Captain America figure of this company. Like, he was the first soup for Vought, if I'm not mistaken. And you know, we know what's been told of his history. 
as far as the good deeds he's done and all this other stuff. But we have to remember this is Vault. Vault tends to lie about a lot of their superheroes. And if I'm not mistaken, Liberty was part of Payback, Super uh, Soldier Boy's group, right? Mm-hmm. So we know all the stuff about her they swept under the rug. So it kind of makes me wonder like, okay, Soldier Boy is not going to be the hero that they're telling us he is. I'm kind of wondering if he's worse than Homelander. He's probably more, not necessarily worse, but just more untrained. It's not not really what I was trying to, it's not the words I'm looking for, but less Let's let's put together to be in front of people. Like he, I mean, he was probably raised like in the he was he came up in like the forties and fifties, so he's probably going to be like if Don Draper from Mad Men had superpowers, like he's going to be like a womanizer who drinks scotch and like and like you know wears dapper hats and like not, not your ideal superhero, right? <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. And like and like smokes lucky strikes and with, with no filters and shit. And it's like <laughs> Oh, but um, you know, I, I like the little teases that we've been getting about Soldier Boy, Soldier Boy. I'm I'm ready to see my guy. Y'all had y'all had two episodes to warm it up. I need to see my guy next episode. It's yeah. it's time. We we need to be introduced to Soldier Boy in some you know, some way, you know, which I mean, I know from the promos and everything that they had coming into the season that Soldier Boy is alive, but at this point, everybody else still thinks he's dead. So I'm sure we're probably going to get some flashbacks before we actually see whenever it is that he shows up, especially if Mallory has information about him, yeah, we're about to see some flashbacks. Because you got to tell the story like how he got captured, how he got killed. Because if that's the case, if Mallory has some information, she probably knows who killed him and how. And yep. if that's the case... And that's why Butch is going there to find right. out what the weapon was that killed him. Right, because he's going to be like... You've known that I've been wanting to kill this motherfucker for years and you've known about a weapon and you ain't told me nothing. Butcher gonna be a little pissed. And then you ask why does the CIA not have this weapon? Like, why don't you have it? I yeah, I but I asked this question last episode too. I was like, okay, so if they know that there's a, a potential weapon out there that can kill soups, why have we not found that yet? Like, why has Vault not tracked that down? And destroyed it. Yet, say they considering suit. Well, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm just saying. Okay, look at as this of thing. right now, we know from what everybody is saying, there is. They're saying there is a weapon out there that can that okay. killed Soldier Boy and that can possibly kill Homelander. Okay, look at it like this. If there, if there is, say there is such a weapon. Say there's some like a gun that can shoot through anything, like can kill a suit. If you develop that gun, you'd want to keep it out of the news because you don't want Sue finding out and be like, we have to destroy that gun. Mm-hmm. Or if Vaught had it, they're like, okay, we know Homeland's going to go off reservation soon, so we need to keep this in a safe. 
just in case that happens. So when he, when he, if he does go off the reservation, we can come out with this, come out with this gun, kill kill Homelander, and be like, "Yep, this is our Soup Killer three two thousand, and you can have yours for one point five million dollars a piece." Act now, act now will take 20 percent off the case. You know how to, you know how this is going to go because that's because it's there's so there are a whole lot more reasons to keep it secret than to advertise it. it and I understand that, but the thing is, life. the knowledge of it being out there is already out there because it's the thing that killed Soldier Boy. So the knowledge of it being well, there, being out there is already out there. My well, case, actually, no, because because the story is he died in a nuclear reactor. That's, that's what, what the, the public, public story is. That's what the right. public story but, is. But people know the, the rumor was the rumor was that it was a weapon. Yeah, but my question, my thing is with Vought being in the business that they're in, the fact that superheroes are their business, even though, yes, Stan Edgar says they are a pharmaceutical company, superheroes are their business. That is the public face of the company. If there is even the slightest possibility of something being able to take your soups out and it's not in your possession... I would think that Vought, with their resources, would be doing anything and everything to make sure that, that weapon comes into their power so they control it. Unless it's like Mike said, who said they don't? Maybe they do have it. And maybe it's their trump card if if um, maybe Soldier Boy went off the reservation and had to deal with it. And now maybe they're waiting to see how far Homelander will go. Homelander let a plane full of 300 and something people crash. That's that's negligible. How much time and effort they put in to crew to to getting Homelander to where he is. Mm. You just don't dish you just don't ditch that commodity. You hold on to it for as long as you can until it becomes what's the word? Um it's it's no longer feasible right. <laughs> to keep it. You know, how, how long was Soldier Boy running around before they got rid of him? Do we know when Soldier, a, when Soldier Boy disappeared? It was the 80s. It was okay. The early 80s. Okay. Okay. Because I think I remember we were saying something on the last episode we were talking, and I remember mentioning that he was a soldier from the World War II era. And I think the way that my my comment came across it was like that's when he disappeared and i don't think that was the case but i couldn't no. remember and if they've actually said when he disappeared it was the early 80s because if you remember during the video there are pictures of him with like princess diana oh yeah 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 you're right so you're right yeah it was, it was early 80s you're right okay and again why would it you know princess diana weapon? cheated on charles with soldier boy <laughs> And then isn't and wouldn't it also wouldn't wouldn't it also kind of track with because I think Homelander might be not a clone, but I bet they probably use Soldier Boy DNA to create him. That's what Lori said in the last episode. Yeah. 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 So. That's what she was saying. Because we, we know that he's a test, we know he's a test tube baby. We don't know anything about his parents. We know Vaught raised him like literally from birth. And for him to be as strong as he is, yeah, I, you know, when Lori said it in the last episode, I was like, if that's what they did, that would make sense because you would want 
DNA from like the strongest gene pool if mm-hmm. what you're trying to do is make a a weapon that will surpass all. And if Soulja I don't remember, Boy was I don't the remember strongest, if she, I don't I, remember if she said this, but Stormfront, they use Stormfront DNA to create Homelander in the comic book. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. His parents are, I believe, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but I believe his parents are Stormfront and uh, Soldier Boy. I mean, it would just make sense. You know? Well, but in the, in the comic book, though, it's Stormfront. They use Stonefront DNA right. to right. sort right. of not really clone him, but to create him. Right, because right. Stone, Stormfront, yeah, Stormfront is a man a dude, in, in the comics. The comic right, book. right. Okay. Okay. That would that would be interesting and also gross if that's gross. the case in in this <laughs> in this sense, because that means you are having sex with your mother, but then again, that wouldn't be like the most that shocking thing beyond, I've heard. That yeah. wouldn't be beyond Stormfront's um capabilities because this is, this is how, how she thinks this is true. that would have worked for her yeah that would have been that perfect race kind of like the targaryens where they they married brother to sister to make sure that that purity stayed within the family oh okay yeah that just gave that me the heebie-jeebies um, to think about homelander and stormfront in that sense oh god oh yeah. okay. but i don't think I, I don't think it would be um soldier boy and Stormfront or Liberty because he was pretty much involved with Crimson. What's her name? Because yeah, in the video, would, they were it, like, that was a love of his life. Yeah, but it wouldn't necessarily have to have been like physical thing. They could have had. That's true. They could have taken, I mean, who knows what kind of testing they do with the soups. They could have taken a sperm sample during testing. They could have taken eggs during testing. They could have done any of those without their consent. You know, this is a superhero company that does testing on their subjects and that sort of thing. We already see they they do the testing on babies and they administer the V to the baby. So there's no telling what they could have done. They could have done that and said, oh, we found that there's something physically wrong with you. We need to correct it. So we need this kind of sample. We need that kind of sample to determine. They could have done a whole bunch of things and and made that work. So I, yeah, that that that's an interesting theory, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. no nice theory. theory. Nice theory. You see this? No theory. Oh, uh, whatever. No theory. Whatever. Whatever. But again, it's like there's no reason to show your hand if you have such a weapon until you really need it. There's absolutely no reason to show it because anything can go wrong. Anyone can try to steal it. Any soup can come and try to destroy it before you get a chance to eliminate whichever soup is the problem. So mm-hmm. even if someone has it, there's no point, no point in showing, no point in showing your hand. No, it's a, no it's a break break glass in case of emergency situation. Well, all exactly. that stuff they had last year with the super terrorists, you would have thought they would have brought something out like that then, because nah, they didn't know what they were dealing. No, with. but no, but Homelander already Homelander Home, handled that though. Homelander handled that. They didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edgar probably feels as long as he's got Homelander under control, he's got everything under control. I don't know if he got him under control now after the way he just went off in front of everybody. Also, as long as the strongest soup is under control, then they're not going to bring it out. There's no point. Because if you have the strongest soup under control and another soup gets out of line, you send Homelander and be like, handle that. And Homelander handles that. That's what happens. 
until Homelander gets out of pocket. Then you're like, okay, bring it out. It's just like it's just like it's just it's just like in in Invincible when they said bring the hammer down. It's like you know that's basically their hammer, but they're hoping that it works better than the hammer actually did in Invincible because that just was that just pissed him off. I mean, so but yeah, yeah. But now I mean we're we're at the point where Homelander's like I don't give a fuck. Y'all are peons. Y'all are ants, and y'all should be thankful that I do what I do for y'all as far as saving you every day and all this other stuff. Yeah, Homelander's to that point. He's about to be out of control because he did this live on TV in front of a live audience, including Stan Edgar sitting in the front row. Homelander is off the reservation. He is like, fuck it, let's do this. So yeah, it's about to get real, real, real interesting. We've got Homelander losing it or lost it. We've got Butcher lost it. This, they are on a collision course for something spectacular. Yeah, the two of them. Especially, we've already seen in in these first two episodes. Kind of in the first episode, we saw where they actually did have a sit down discussion. You know, trying to figure out. Okay, you know what? Technically speaking. I know we don't like each other, but we also don't like Vought. So what was it? It's kind of like Homelander was suggesting, you know, hey, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So let's be friends for now and try to eliminate this threat of Vought. And I was like, oh, that's definitely not a good idea. And then, of course, you see when Butcher is uh, having his dream um, that morning, right before he goes to inject the V, he's actually projecting homelander talking to him like yo billy are you really about to shoot that shit in your veins like oh this is what we're doing okay yeah you're pumped and so there's some kind of connection between him and homelander now whether that's just the thing of okay yes i'm going to use him to get what i want to get to go against Vought, and then i'm going to destroy him or if it's one of those things where I'm going to let this asshole be my motivation for why I'm doing this stupid thing that I'm now doing, putting this green shit in my veins that probably hasn't been tested. And you don't know what the side effects are. You don't even know if you're going to get powers. What if, what if you inject this stuff and it doesn't work and it ends up hurting you anyway? I mean, we see that it works, but it's just like butcher. What if you think- just... But if you just turn into like organic blob on the exactly. floor, you just melt. <laughs> Your superpowers <laughs> slithering under doors. What was, yeah, what, what, what was that? The senator in uh, X Men when when he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just turned into water. <laughs> that's just, no, that's the blob first. Yeah, and then you kind of oh, uh, that was that. I remember when that happened in that movie. That was so gross to me. Oh, so gross. But yeah, I mean, that could be what happens. Butcher doesn't know. Like, I'm just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Butcher with powers is going to be interesting. It goes back to Wild Cards, which I talked about last season. Uh, the book by George R. R. Martin, where you've got aces and jokers. Aces are the suits, and jokers are the ones that get three arms instead of two, and they take the superpower pill. I mean, it's the same concept. Mm. You know? So, again, every time I watch The Boys, I'm very, very reminded of George R. R. Martin's Wild Cards and how similar it was. I mean, they were going to develop a TV show, but I haven't heard about it in a while. But basically, 
it's it's uh the boys is i would say a light take of wild cards mm -hmm. to a certain extent as far as storyline and with the powers of the soup so yeah yeah they're too busy working on john snow's uh show <laughs> let's anyway. not go there uh, i mean i'm just saying it's it's been confirmed that it that is in the works so who anyway. wouldn't want more tormund who wouldn't <laughs> okay maybe for him I just want—I I, want to say—I want—I want to see John living with the Wildies. That's a whole other discussion. Let's not go there because we'll—we'll go off on a whole other tangent. Um. Oh, let's see. We got super. Let's see, superpowered babies and foster. How did like? So, who do you have working in a foster home? With superpowered babies, are those other soups in there, or do do y'all just leave humans in there and just kind of roll the dice with them? Because that's a lot of supernatural kids. Think about if one of the kids has a temper tantrum and doesn't know how to control their powers. That's like a disaster. Like you're getting a new nanny uh, every every day or something like that. I think they're rolling the dice. I would think they wasn't the lady walking around with a cast on her leg or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yep. You're right. I would think they would have to have someone there, like lamp, like like the other place had lamplighter there to like kind of keep control of everything. Like maybe you know. But those were adults, though. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But, but, but still, I mean, you might have someone who can put them to sleep. Like you know, like they start acting up, just have someone who can men who can just like you know, put their head and like. Go to sleep. My Go mind sleep. just went the wrong way. You said putting them to sleep. I was like, you're talking about having people there to kill the kids if they miss me. <laughs> no. no. Oh, this no, show like has warped out. my mind. I didn't say make them sleep. I, I didn't say make them sleep with the fishes. I just said sleep. You ain't got to sleep with the fishes. Rockabye, baby. Show. It's this show. It's warped my mind. It's done some things to it. But... Yeah. Bring but yeah, she's walking around on those on those crutches. I'm like, yeah, she she gonna be in a scraper too with these kids. And then they had, then yeah, you know they were superpower because they had the one kid climbing up the wall, and they were and and the and the, the teacher was on the ground like, get down from there! Like you were, they weren't climbing after or levitating, like levitating. <laughs> right. I mean, like, it's, it's different with kids. Me? Yeah, it's different with kids. You know, I guess when they become like adolescents and teenagers, they send them to the other place. Right. Yeah. yeah, but I guess at, at at this point, they put the humans with the little kids because they're like the humans are indisposable at this point. Because I mean, think about it: what's what supernatural, super powered being is going to want to be in there with super powered kids who don't know how to control their powers? That's like a never and no. Can you can you see? The likes of Starlight or Homelander or one of them just going in there and and taking care of these kids and that's their job? Mm -hmm. No. No. Mm -mm. That's why Lamplighter was at the one with the adults and they had called in Stormfront when they needed, you know, bigger yeah. guns. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <sighs> I can't wait till we get to these other episodes. And listen, because this oh season God. has been so fun so so far, it's been so fun. Yeah, it's, it's also it's been like... there. There have been some things that I've looked at where I've been like, 
okay, that's not what I was expecting for the day. But um, I mean, it's keeping us on our toes and it's telling a decent story. So I I don't know. I'm having I'm having fun with it, but um where to go from here butcher has powers how do you think the rest of the team is going to feel about the fact that butcher has powers oh mother's milk is is not going to be happy (laughs) we've already seen it in yeah because you know yeah this is going to snap i mean and there's no telling like starlight starlight's probably gonna freak out be like oh hell no this is the worst idea and it's like I think Frenchie's gonna Frenchie will probably hate it, but he'll still be kind of indifferent about it. He's gonna be like, "Oh, this sucks, fucker." Frenchie gonna be Frenchie gonna be paying attention to uh, Kamiko. You know what? I was gonna say this too. I don't know how I it didn't how I never paid attention. You know, it just hit me watching this episode. Why Frenchie calls Butcher. Monsieur Charcuterie. I was like, he's literally calling him a butcher. I was like, I was like, how did I not catch that earlier? I just, I just always wondered, like, why is he calling him that? And then I was watching this episode and I was just like, wait, duh, I was today years old when I realized (laughs) Richie is literally calling him Mr. Butcher in French. I was like, you know what? I need, I, I just, just those two years of high school French, just, <laughs> yeah. oh, we have anything else to say about this episode? Lori, you've been a little quiet. Yeah, I'm just listening. Um, basically, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I mean, this, this entire storyline is fascinating. The, uh, the plot points, everything that they're doing is, like I said, last season I was in but this season I'm really in I mean I'm to the point where I can't binge I'm watching each episode because usually you know I wait until everything's done no this this has my interest yeah also um real quick shout out to Monique for actually for being for being the voice of for telling Mother's Milk what she wanted what he wanted to hear and telling him that he needed to go back to Butcher because of because of how he was reacting and everything, she's like, "You need to go back to butcher." It's like mm-hmm. you got you got to handle this. This isn't working, so just go ahead and go because you know you need to. Um, also, right. at this the, the scene where Frenchie and Kamiko were talking when they were looking at TV, shout out to shout out to the producers for having having protesters saying Stormfront was right and carrying tiki torches. Like those nice nice little nice little aside there. I was like, I see what you're doing there. I saw that. I got you. I got you. I was like, okay, that, that was pretty clever. Um, shout out to that doorway line at the end by Victoria, saying, telling, telling Starlight after she, after you could tell, like she knows, like she, she knows that some of for Huey. She's like, tell him not to be afraid of strong women. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, shit. you're right. She knows. Oh yeah, she's hip. I was like, oh, like I said, she she, <laughs> she can probably smell a liar from five miles away. I mean, she yeah. is in politics, and when he came into the office, and she was like, "Hey, Huey, where you been?" He was like, "Oh yeah, um, yeah, dude. Anytime you start out like that, you're lying. Doesn't matter what it's about, you're lying." 
even if you're like oh i um i overslept i missed my alarm and you're lying Actually, her, have, your, said, have your life straight when you right. walk in the door. That's why I said, Huey, I'm going to need you to do better this season. He ain't going to do better. All right. She actually yeah. said, cut her, said, oh, Huey, cut her some slack. You shouldn't be afraid of a powerful woman. And then kind of like, kind of like <laughs> and then walks into mm-hmm. office. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I just don't want to be on her bad side. Like her bad side being her front where she can see you and pop your head easily. Yeah, Huey has Huey has spent enough time with other people's blood on him. He does not need to get to the point where it's his own. Not like that, no. Oh. But that means uh, that means Starlight needs to kind of be on the lookout too, because yeah. you know Victoria knows. If Huey knows, then Starlight knows. Right. So and she knows that both of them are in on it together. Uh, shout out to Starlight for having perfect timing for getting him out. Before he dug that hole even deeper, like coming in and coming in basically and saving him. So, Huey, bitch, Huey, Huey. Huey. Not tell you. Man, I'll tell you what, <sighs> this this was a great episode. I can't wait for the next one because I'm almost sure we're gonna get we're gonna get more. Um, we're finally gonna get our Soldier Boy backstory. Like I can't wait to see that shit. I just want to see Soldier Boy. At this point, I, I don't even care about that. No, let me not let me not lie. I do care about the backstory, but I am ready to see my Jensen on the screen as Soldier Boy. I'm ready to see what he's going to do with this role. So you know he's gonna okay. kill this shit. Of course. This is Jensen we're talking about. But yeah, I, I wanna see I wanna see how different he's gonna be from Dean, because I've seen him as Dean for so long. Like, even when I see him in stuff that I saw him in before he was Dean, like when I look at old Dark Angel episodes or something like that, I'm just like, it just, it seems weird now. So it's going to be very weird having watched him for 15 years as this one character and see him take on a completely different character. And, you know, like I said, you know, this character, he ain't got all his marbles in the right place because he's part of this, this super human contingent on this show and everybody in this contingent on this show they got some issues so you know he's about to have some issues and it's gonna be interesting so yeah yeah it'll be interesting it'll be be interesting to see if soldier boy has any affinity for pi or if they try if he tries to bring in any any deanisms to see like to see like how they do that that actually i'm actually looking forward to that i'm sure dean is going to make his way into the character somehow even if it's just a tone of voice or an inflection or how he says a certain thing, but yeah. But I'm excited for this new character. I, I'm I'm ready to find out about Soldier Boy and see what he's about. Oh, speaking of which, look what I got in the mail. You see my Den of Geek magazine awesome. with the boys. Nice. So yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 ready for it. Bring it on. And let's see how that's going to go with uh, Butcher having these powers now, even though they are temporary, but still, he's got powers. So, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. So, the worst yes, idea oh. ever. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it may turn out to be great, but, you know. Only thing worse is, only thing worse is if Huey had powers. That's only, the only thing I can imagine that could be worse. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. (laughs) On that note, we are going to close this show.
You can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can watch our videos on our YouTube channel and listen to us on our major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.